0: Hey, Pastor Justin here, and I want to welcome you to our verse-by-verse teaching through God's Word. We hope and pray that this is a huge resource to you and it helps you grow in your knowledge of Jesus Christ and the Bible. Also, I want to encourage you, if this is your only place where you're being fed, go and be a part of the local church. We love being a part of your life, but it's no substitute for being a part and serving in the local church. Also, if this has blessed you, we would love to hear about it. There's an email that's listed below, and if you send us an email and just tell us how God's Word has changed your life, it would bless us tremendously. Also, would you pray and consider maybe helping us continue this ministry and getting God's Word all over the world? You can do that by going to newheightsohio.com and click on the Giving tab. Anything helps, and we appreciate it. God bless well there's so many things that i could say about our guest speaker i just met him i've heard about him because he's he's pretty famous because he was he served as the superintendent of the entire country of sri lanka a very persecuted country when it comes to christianity so his job has not been easy he also pastors people's church in the capital they're one of the largest churches in the country. But i've also heard about him because being assemblies of god and being a missionary you 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 hear about these superintendents and oftentimes his name has been on our prayer list as we pray for his country but yesterday it was neat to draw to to kind of connect the dots they say in the assemblies of god everybody's either related or they know know about each other somehow and we we've just discovered that somebody who's had a major influence on his life was my uncle rick Seward. Who, who passed away about three, three years ago now, but just to be able to connect those dots. So Pastor Rick poured into his life, and now here he is pouring into our church, Pastor Rick's nephew in Cincinnati, Ohio, at bread on water. Can you say amen? amen? Of all the things I want to say about our guest speaker today, we met yesterday... And he said, Pastor Justin, how do you want me to take this? I said, any way that the Holy Spirit is leading. Now, usually the way we do it at missions conventions is we really push and stretch you guys. Because we push the giving. We want to give. We want to hit a certain goal. Because we need we need finances to support the missionaries. Missionaries can't go out unless they're financed. And we've always, always, 60 years of our history have been a missions giving missions sending church it's a part of our dna yes it's something to get excited about it in fact our very first offering we ever took 60 years ago when we started went towards missions so it's always been a part of the dna but he said is it okay if i don't focus on giving i said yeah sure as long as i know what you're going to focus on i said what would you like to focus on and he just said, man, I want to, I just, the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me and leading me. I wanted to hear your heart, but I, I would like to talk about just, it's not just giving that God wants. He wants all of us. And I have I've not been quiet about what I feel the Holy Spirit's been doing in our church. I mean, the Holy Spirit's been moving in our staff meetings, in our board meetings, in my own personal life. I've had this spiritual renewal where I've come back to this place where I'm falling in love with Jesus all over again and his mission his missions becoming everything that motivates me and so we've even changed we were going to preach through the book of judges uh, coming in January we've switched now we're going to be focusing on the book of acts preaching uh through the book of acts and we're just we're excited i believe the holy spirit's doing something in this church i believe we're just on the verge to see a great movement and God is not going to do it through the pastors. He's going to do it through everybody who calls this church their home. He has a call on your life to make a big difference in this world. And I, I think that's what the Holy Spirit's leading Pastor Deshawn to speak on. So I've told Pastor Deshawn he's got all day if he wants. <laughs> Would you please give it up for Pastor Deshawn?
1: Good morning it's so good to be with you Um, I've been here a few times and I've been blessed and I thank God that he gave me another uh, opportunity to be here and um, as you know um, your pastor is a great guy but he lies a bit (laughs) half the things he said about me are maybe true I'm not sure Um, but it is a privilege to be here, and I thank God. You know, I, I just thought of this while the introduction was going uh, about talking about missions. And, uh, you know, normally when you talk about missions and kingdom building and all that, you see the flags come up, and then you see the pictures, and then you have the missionaries speak. And, and you know, as a church, like you guys, I know some of you are going, okay, here we go again. Tell the stories, you know, show the pictures and then hit us up for some money. You know, I am not a missionary. I just want you to know that. I'm a national. I'm a, I am a product of your missions. You see, you give, you pray, you send. And sometimes you really don't know what the impact is. Because you, you just go through a convention and another convention But the truth is, my grandfather's life was changed. And then my father's. And today, you know, we are a national church. We were banned from having missionaries for about 50 years. No visas. But some came in anyway. But generally, it's a national church. Because you gave, you prayed, and you sent. So I want to tell you, thank you for missions. Thank you for what you do. Okay, now, I'm not speaking on mission, so don't, don't, don't worry. Uh, but I, I needed to say that. I, I was sitting there and thinking, you know, some, some of you have faithfully done it, but you don't know what the results are. Yes, the song that said, thank you for giving to the Lord, when you get to heaven, you'll hear a lot of stories, but you need to hear some of them even now. And God is good. Thank you. I think we should give the Lord a clap offering. hallelujah you know Sri Lanka just for some of you who may not know where Sri Lanka is you know India comes down like this and right at the bottom is a little teardrop shaped island it's uh, uh, 270 miles by 150 but we have 22 million people living there and uh, Sri Lanka's British name was Ceylon Ceylon is famous for tea now, Ceylon tea is the best tea in the world. I know some of you are laughing, you don't agree, but I'm the speaker this morning and I say it's the best tea in the world. Um, and Sri Lanka was known for gems and rubies and tea, and but in the last so many years, Sri Lanka was known for the best form of terrorism in the world. Why is it called the best form? Because more people were willing to give their lives for the cause. Basically in terrorism, if you're not looking for a For an escape route, they say you can basically get anybody you want. And uh, we had more people give up their lives for their cause. We lost about 100,000 people in a 30-year war. But it ended. Ended about 10 years ago. And uh, we thank God for that. After 30 years of bloodshed and, and, and a lot of things happening. And then life was okay. Life went on. You didn't hear much about the terrorism. And then in 2019, uh, we had the Easter Sunday bombings, where three of our churches and three hotels uh, had suicide bombings. So uh, suddenly, life got messy again. We went into lockdown before 2020, when the whole world went into lockdown with COVID. But then from 2019 came 2020, and 2020, we, um, we had COVID, but... Amazingly, only 14 people lost their lives. Then 2021 came with the Delta variant. And when the Delta variant came, uh, in three, we had 14 the whole year, 2020. In 2021, in three months, 14,000 people died. In our church alone, we had about 40 funerals. And uh, it was just a bad season. As you know, the whole world went through it. And uh, then 2022 came. And 2022 came and they said, okay, there are more uh, COVID stuff and Omricons and unicorns and whatever, you know. Uh, We didn't even test. We had bigger problems than COVID. In 2022, just a few months ago, the nation was hit with a crisis where the government had mismanaged and uh, corruption was so bad that we lost all our reserves. So we had no petrol, no diesel, no cooking gas, and people were lined up for three, four days and dying in queues, waiting for stuff. And it has been been the worst crisis ever in our history. Sometimes you wonder, what do we do? Every time I get up to speak, it's either one crisis or another. Uh, But Sri Lankans are resilient. We know how to, to, to turn around and keep going. But I just want to say this one thing. So when the crisis happened this year, we started doing things, we are a persecuted country. We've had churches burned down, pastors killed, cell leaders beaten, we can't go out of the main path into places because they would they would persecute the church. Um, but when this happened, we realized in the crisis we got to show God's love. We got to get out there and do what needs to be done. So we started something like giving packs, water and this and that and said, just a label that said, don't lose hope. We didn't put our church name, we put our church seal so they know where it's coming from. But uh, we did that, we did about 75,000 packs. We started giving families uh, 10,000 ration packs to live for a week and so many things that suddenly the persecution, which was kind of undercover because of all this, gave us boldness to step out. And you know, I don't want to take a lot of time uh, because he told me I can take all the time and I'm, I normally preach for two hours. So I was thinking today I'll do three. Uh, but, um, just joking. Um, in this time, we, we we had children's ministries going and we were, we were reaching. We decided on Mother's Day to just invite every mother and, and the families to come. And I've been in ministry for 40 years. I've never seen this happen. I've been in big crusades. I've done many things, but... Just on a Sunday, regular Sunday, this year, Mother's Day, I want to tell you that 300 people came. I mean, more than 300 came, but 300 came to the altar and got saved. One Sunday. You see, in the midst of the trials, in the midst of your midterm elections, in the midst of not knowing what's happening, in the midst of all the questions you have, You you can't forget the fact that you have been bought with the blood of Jesus. The spirit of God is in you. You're not just here to exist and survive. God has a plan for you. I challenged the church and I said, okay, then Father's Day came in June. And they said, okay, let's get the fathers. I said, you know how fathers are. You know, they're not not like mothers. They're very hard to reach. And by now we had no diesel, no petrol. The, the, The buses that we would hire maybe for like $300 Three hundred dollars were now a thousand dollars, three times the price. And uh, I said, "Okay, let's let's take money from here and there. Let's bring the fathers." Well, that one Sunday in Father's Day, we had over a thousand people, new people, show up in three of our services, and eight hundred of them. I've never seen this. I'm excited. I tell you, because I've been in ministry a long time, eight hundred. When I gave the altar call, up here in the balconies, everywhere they got saved. Amen? You know, there's no greater miracle than somebody getting saved. Healing is good, but healing is not the ultimate. You see, God was doing some marvelous things. And then we just had another program. I I, I better stop because I can go on and on. We had 15,000 new people show up. Just by loving children's programs we had, and we invited the parents. So, you know, God is doing some marvelous things amidst the trials. I just want you to quickly, it's a two-minute, two-and-a-half-minute video. If you look at it, I think the pictures will speak better than me. Isn't God good? You know, there are 46 countries slated to go bankrupt this year, and Sri Lanka was the first. In the midst of bankruptcy, we were able to do whatever. You know, I don't say this as a showpiece, I say this because, you know, we're still bankrupt. It's not that we have a major win. In that sense, but we had the win in realizing that when God has something for you and for me, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. You see, sometimes we say, God, uh, help my family to get saved, or we need souls, and sometimes the way it comes, we don't like it. But you see, the more eternal thing comes, but we are so worried about the temporal. You know if the temporal needs of our life, your life and mine, even if they are met, tomorrow the need can get bigger. How many of you know that if you're healed or not, I have good news for you. If you're healed or not, you're still going to die. Are you with me? You see, healing is great, don't get me wrong. In fact, you know, God loves you. He loves you. That's why he reaches his hand out to touch you. You know, I want to do something a bit different, okay? If you don't mind, I'm going to take a few minutes from my preaching time. I believe God's presence is here. I believe God just doesn't want me to just give you words. He wants to touch you right where you are. God wants to heal you. You know, if you are here and having pain in your body, would you raise your hand? Raise it right up, right up. If you have any kind of pain, arthritis or back pain or headaches, or, or just raise it right up so I can see it. Raise it. That's Justin, you have a painful church. There are many of you in pain. You know what? I really believe that God wants to heal you right now. I believe the Holy Spirit is here in this house. You see, that's why we preach the gospel. Not because it's a theory or a Sunday thing that we do. It's because Jesus is alive and everything god's word has said he does he loves you how many of you know he loves you raise both your hands close your eyes let's say it together yes jesus loves me yes jesus loves me i want you to say it and mean it yes Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Keep it raised. Say it one more time. He loves you. He loves you the way you are. He loves you in spite of your failures. He loves you though you may have not measured up. He didn't come for perfection. He came because we fail. He came because we have lost. He came because we hurt. He loves us. One more time, from the bottom of your heart, will you raise your voice? Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. me. The Bible tells me so. You know, Jesus loves you. That's why Jesus wants to touch you. I'm reminded of a story in, in, in John chapter 11 when Martha and Mary, you know, they, and Lazarus, they don't talk about parents. I'm assuming they were orphaned. And there they are in this troubled Middle East where there's probably where the man went to work, the ladies took care of the home and they managed. But now Jesus had been to their home, they knew Jesus. And now Lazarus, probably the breadwinner, is also sick. They send a message to Jesus in John chapter 11. And they said, Jesus, can you please come? Because our brother is not well. And you know, Jesus, the Bible says, he knew what he was going to do. He knew that, you know, he was not going there on the time that they wanted him. And what happens? He comes four days, according to us, too late. And he comes there, and there's they have, they have taken Lazarus, they have buried him, the funeral service is over. And they... Uh, uh, here, Martha runs to see Jesus. When he runs, when she runs to see Jesus, she goes to him. And in John eleven twenty one, Martha said to Jesus, "Lord, if you had been here, meaning four days ago, my brother would be okay. Now, if you had been here, is what tense? If you had been, is what tense? Past tense." If you had been here, then everything would be okay. If you had been here, then Jesus says, your brother will rise again. Then in verse 24, Martha says, yes, Lord, he will rise again at the resurrection on the last day. Now, what tense is that? Yes, he will rise again, resurrection on the last day. Future. Future. You see, it's like some of our lives. We had a great past. Some of you remember when God moved. You remember you went for that great meeting or the day you got saved. And it's a great past. It's fantastic. And then you're sitting here and you're saying, oh, I'm in pain now. I don't know. I'm praying. Nothing's happening. And, uh, but thank, bless the Lord. One day he's coming back. We have a great future. And I'm not discrediting that. I'm saying, yes, it is a fantastic future what do you have in the present? Jesus goes to the tomb and he says, roll away the stone. You see, Martha says, Lord, he's been there four days. By now there is a bad odor." I like the King James. It says, Lord, by now he stinketh. You know, it's like our lives, isn't it? Great past, looking forward to a great future. But right now it stinketh. Right now, it's everything we can do. It's all the things we can. And if we can't, oh, we'll live with it. And God is saying, no. He told Martha, he said, I am the resurrection. Not I was, not I will be. I am the life. Though he were dead, yet shall he live. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? He said, roll away the stone. Martha said, Lord, it stinks. Jesus, John 11, 40, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Jesus says, Martha, Martha, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. I'm here to tell you, whatever your need is, financial, physical, whatever it is. If you believe, right now, you will see the glory of God. my grandmother was dead. And after prayer, she came back to life. I've seen cancers come out of people's mouth. You know, I, I see miracles all the time. You know why? Because it's not me. It's not anybody. You know, people have, we are putting people up. We are making sensational. We write books and we say, oh, this guy. No, I want to tell you, God is sensational. There are no superstars in the kingdom of God. There are only children. But we have forgotten to take the word for what it is. Today, I believe right now, right here, God is going to heal you. I'm going to talk about pain because that's what I, it's on my heart. But any, anything we pray for, God is going to hear. But pain, why I like pain is, pain is there now. You can test it. It'll be gone now. Amen. Are you with me? So, I know it's running into my time, but... Very quickly, those of you who have pain in your body, I want you to stand. Stand, if you have pain. Whatever the pain is, just stand. Stand where you are. Come on, quickly stand. We're running out of time. Don't look around. You have pain, you know it. Just stand. Don't worry about the person next to you. Okay, now I'm going to ask you a question, everybody who's standing. Martha, Martha. What did Jesus say? If you believe, you'll see the glory of God. I'm going to ask you, do you believe? Do you believe that God can heal you right now? Do you believe that God can take away the pain now? If you believe, raise your hand. Okay. Now if you believe, you're going to act on that. Okay. Okay. We're not going to just pray, we're going to see what God is doing. Okay, everybody standing, please raise a hand right up. Unless you have frozen shoulder. We'll pray for that too. Okay, raise a hand right up. Keep your hand raised. Don't put your hand down. Now everybody sitting down, would you stand? Go to one of these people with their hand raised and put your hand on their shoulder. Now, when somebody lays their hand on your shoulder, then you can put your hand down. Okay, till somebody lays their hand on your shoulder, keep your hand raised. Now, some of you need to get out of your seats. You need to find these people with their hands raised and put your hand on their shoulder. Okay, once somebody lays hands on you, put your hand down. I want everybody to be touched by somebody. There's someone here who needs, that's right, okay. Anybody else? Have we got everybody? Okay. Now, p- friends, listen to me. There, okay, somebody laying a hand on you, you can put your hand down. Okay, you, you're you not... You're not if, if nobody's laying a hand on you, keep your hand raised. Can some of you get out of your seats and, and, and come and lay your hand? There are one or two here. Okay, keep your hands raised if somebody comes. Now, listen to me. This is what we're going to do. I want you who is praying for these people also to believe. I want you to believe that when you pray... God is going to do a miracle. How many of you know God can do that? I'm telling you, frozen shoulder, God is going to heal. Back problems, God is going to heal. God is going to do some marvelous thing. It doesn't matter how long you have been sick. Sickness is not the greatest part. The greatest part is the healing. Amen? So when you pray now, don't pray these nami pammy prayers. Oh God, please, if you can. What do you mean if you can? Can God or can't God? He can, right? So you stand on God's word and say, in the name of Jesus, pain, you have to go. Okay, I'm going to give you 10 seconds. find out what the pain is to the person you're praying quickly. Find out wh- wh- what you're praying for. Ask them, quick. Okay? You, you found out? All right, that's enough. You don't need the history and geography. Just let's pray together. Are you ready? Are you ready? And you know, do you mind raising your voices, voices a bit? You know, we don't have winter in Sri Lanka. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a bit gloomy and cold. But when you raise your voice, the sunshine comes through. Okay, let's pray in Jesus' name. And I want you to rebuke pain and say, pain, leave in the name of Jesus. Are you ready? Okay, one, two, three, pray. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Lord, in Jesus' name. Pain has to go. Pain has to go. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, release my brother. Release my sister. In Jesus' name. We put our faith and trust in you. We put our faith and trust in you. Pain, leave right now. Leave right now. Leave right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, pray, pray. Pray for that person. Pray for that person. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer. Amen. Okay, remain where you are, just a moment. How many of you believe God heard our prayer? Let me hear, see your hands. If you believe, what did the Bible say? If you believe, you will receive. Okay, now we're going to put faith into action. Okay, I may never be invited here again, but I, I'm going to go through this. We're going to put faith into action. Are you ready? The Bible says faith without works is dead. Now I want everybody, you had pain, you couldn't bend, you couldn't do something, you're going to test it out because I believe some of you got instantly healed. Some of you tomorrow, when you're on your way home, you get healed. When you get out of bed, you're going to be healed. Don't ask you why God does it in different ways. But some of you got healed right now. How many of you know God touched you right now? Raise your hand. Amen? Okay, now we're going to do some things. This is called New Heights Aerobics. Ready? When I count to three, I want everybody to raise both your hands and take a deep breath. Ready, one, two, three, up. Okay, how does that feel? Let's try it again. Ready, one, two, three, up. Some of you are already feeling good. Now we are going to go all the way up and go and touch our toes. Are you ready? One, two, three, up. Down. Okay, if you touched your toes, that's the first miracle. Okay, you know, okay, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make you do something because some of you will not move in church. I know how it is. Now move, come on, everybody move. Raise your hands, up, down. Do the thing you couldn't do. Frozen shoulder, gone in Jesus' name. Back problem, gone in Jesus' name. Pain has to go, pain has to go. Come on, move, 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 everybody. Move in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Don't sit. I'll, you'll be sitting for the next few minutes. How many of you know? Now, now, you tested it out. Pain was there when you came, but it's gone. Please don't just raise your hand. You know, nobody is impressed. God knows. But some of you got healed right now. If you came with a pain and the pain is gone, raise your hand. Raise it right up. Right up. If you came with pain, you couldn't do something. Raise it, raise it, raise it. Right up, right up, right up. Come on, come on. Try it out. Raise it, raise it. I want to see those hands. Okay, everybody raising your hand. Come to the front. Come, please come. Just for a minute, just for a minute. You know, there's a point in everything I'm doing here today. Come, come to the front. You know what? Is it okay if they come on stage? Come on stage, come on stage, come. Come, come. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Quickly come. If you got healed, don't stay there. If you got healed, you gotta give God the glory. Come on, test it out. Come here, come. If God has healed you instantly, get up here. Run, 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 run. Come on. Come on. Okay, now that's now. How many of you think that God touched these? What is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten and skipped over you? No, he touches everybody. But these were instantly healed, right? How many got healed of a shoulder problem? How long have you had it? 11
0: years. I fell down some, I fell down some stairs 11 years ago and separated this and it was popped out before she laid her hands on me and it's not popped out no let's, more.
1: let's see. Wow. This, this is not oh, it's not. You can move it, no pain, nothing. Eleven years, hallelujah! Isn't God good? Amen. Okay. Um, back problem. Who had back problems? Yes. How how long? Five or, six years. Five or six years. And when you do what, does it hurt? Do you know when you bend or when? You... Okay. Can you bend over now? No pain. Five or six years, no pain. One more time. One more time. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Okay. I'm running out of time, so I'm going to take one more. Who's dying to give a testimony? You you feel, I must do it. Okay, you. My feet, I can't walk without shoes, without pain in my feet. Pain's gone. Wow. No? (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. Now this is the point. Don't miss this. Tomorrow, some of you are going to go out and say, oh, we had that guy from Sri Lanka. You know, he came and boy, we had instant miracles. If you do that, you're lying. Hey, I didn't pray for any of these people. You did. Listen to me, listen to me. I guided you in faith. You prayed. You see, the devil has lied and deceived you far too long. God didn't create you and save you when millions haven't heard the name of Jesus for you to come and warm up you and just exist in Christianity and survive feeling good. God says you are my child and I want to use you. Okay, if the person you prayed for is up here, raise your hand. If the person you, raise it up, raise it up. You prayed for is up here. Raise it up. Look look at all the healing evangelists in this church. You see, this is my point. God has no superstars in the kingdom. God has only children. Especially in the West. We have resigned ourselves to saying, okay, you know, it's not me. Today you prayed and you saw what God has done. Amen? You're healed for sure? Are you healed for sure? Yeah? What happened? There's pain in my hand. About the year no. gone. Praise the Lord. Okay, so God is good. Let's give the Lord a good clap offering. Thank you. Hallelujah! Thank you, Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Isn't God great? You may be seated. Okay, in the next two hours. Now I'm going to go as fast as I can. You know, just to, uh, just to prove. God says, okay, let me prove to my people who I am. You see, he does that. How many of you can say amen to my statements? God is a great healer. Oh, that's, that's a whisper. Let's try it again. God is a great healer. He's a great provider. He never fails. So actually the problem is not with God, is it? You see, God is dependable. But can God depend on you? Can God depend on me? God made only one of you. Why? If God thought that there were superstars in the kingdom, he would have made 10 of them. No, he made one of you, one of them, one of me. Why? Because we are all important. We all have a role. Friend, the people I reach, you'll never reach. But the people you reach, I'll never reach. You see, God has a plan for you. But you see, can God count on you? Can God depend on you? Is Jesus Christ really the Lord of your life? Is he really number one? Is he really the one worth living for and worth dying for? Luke chapter 6. I'm going to cover Luke 6, 46 to 49, but I'll just read it in, in here and there to save time. But Luke 6, 46 says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? You see, to explain this to you, I remember an old story that happened when the Iron Curtain was up and communism was ruling. In an Eastern European country where they couldn't worship freely, people on a Sunday morning would sneak in to church two by two and another one from here, another one from there. They'll come, they'll cross the street, they'll go through an alleyway and they'll get into a little room and keep silent. Then two more would come, then another one would come. Finally, when everybody had come, They'd shut the doors and the windows. Then they would get up and praise the Lord and worship like you and I were doing a few minutes ago. Saying, Lord, you are great. I love you, Lord. I give my life to you, oh, Lord. And one day while they were worshiping like we were doing a little while ago, they heard footsteps. Soldiers came, surrounded this little room with their machine guns. They kicked the doors open and they walked in and they they said, you know, they, they were mad. They said, you Christians, you're the filth of the earth. Today we're going to get rid of you once and for all. It's because of you we cannot win our communistic cause. The people got very silent. And then the leader said, uh, just a minute. They said, maybe there are some of you here. Though you came and you did all this stuff, you really didn't believe in all this Christian nonsense. He said, I will give you 60 seconds, one minute to clear the room if you don't believe in this Christian nonsense. Silence, nobody moves. Suddenly a few feet begin to shuffle and then everybody's running and jumping and shouting. They didn't just jump out of the doors, they jumped out of the windows. In 30 seconds, all those who are saying, oh Lord, I love you, I worship you. In 30 seconds, 50% had cleared the building." Men raised their guns. People remained silent. When they raised their guns, a little moment later, the men dropped their guns. And the leader said, brethren, we have come to worship with you. But first, we had to get rid of the hypocrites. You see, it's an amusing story. But I have a serious question for you. Don't answer, don't raise your hand. But if that same thing were to have happened here today, would you have gone or would you have stayed? You see, is Jesus Christ really the Lord of your life? Is he really number one? Is he really the king? Would they have gotten rid of you? Acts 16, 31. Acts 16, 31 says this. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. How does salvation come? When you believe in whom? Who? No, that's wrong. What do the scriptures say? That's half the answer. When you believe in the? Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when you believe in the glorious Lord and Savior, both, that's when salvation comes. You know, I want to tell you this. Many people accept all that Jesus offers as Savior while rejecting all that he demands as Lord. I need to say that again. Many people accept all that Jesus offers as Savior while rejecting all that he demands as Lord. As Savior, we say, come, come, Lord. Save me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. Heal me, Lord. As Savior, I need you. Yes, yes, more, more, more. But as the Lord of our lives, he said, I want to be number one above your spouse, above your children, above your career, above everything that you have thought is important. I need to be number one. And what do we say? We say, okay, as Savior, yes, yes, But as Lord is king, just a minute, Lord, not now, Lord. No, Lord, no, Lord. A few years ago, I learned a word. You know, we were a British colony, but I came and in America, I learned a word, an American word in English called an oxymoron, right? Um, How many of you know what an oxymoron is? Okay, six of you. Um, An oxymoron is when you take two opposites and set it together in a contrasting way. It's funny, you know, you you look more confused after I explained it than before. Okay, what is an oxymoron? An oxymoron is, you say, my, that is cruel kindness. Or we say, this is intelligent stupidity. Um, that was a known secret. You getting it? Okay. Oh, she is awfully nice. You know, two things that just don't go together. Or oh, we say, "My, this, this is a real fake." In America, you guys have some really good ones. In America, you have wireless cable. I don't know how you have wireless cable. Or you go to your restaurants and it says today's special is jumbo shrimp. (laughs) You know, two things that don't go. Or when you say, you know, handsome, Pastor Justin. You know, it, oh. (laughs) I'm just kidding. He's very handsome. (laughs) He's handsome. I better say that I'll never come here again. Um, You know, but jokes apart, there is a very serious oxymoron in the church. The oxymoron in your life and my life that says, no, Lord. Not now, Lord. Not this possession, Lord. I want to tell you, if you're saying no, the Lord can't be around. And if the Lord is around, you and I can never say no. Again, I want to say, don't be deceived, my friend. Don't be deceived. Jesus Christ will not be Savior where he is not Lord. Jesus Christ will not be Savior where he is not Lord. He won't be the Lord at all if he can't be the Lord of all. You've heard that. You know, today humanism puts me first. It's all about me, 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 me. We live in the me generation. Right? It's about self-esteem and self-image and self-confidence. Now don't get me wrong. Those are good things. But not the most important thing in life. Because the word of God is not there. You know, to, you know, Jesus is the genie in the Bible that we rub. So God come and help my ambitions, my goals and my things. How many of you know that tomorrow morning at 6am you're going to get up? We don't. We live a life that we have no clue about. God determines the beginning. He determines the end. So don't you think it's good to ask him what he wants? Sometimes we act like we created God for us. God, do this, do that, do the other thing. And no, 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 we got it wrong. God created me for him. He created me to do things for him. The Lord's Prayer says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? But in reality, we pray that, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be my name. My kingdom come, my will be done. That's the motivating factor a lot of the times. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? You know, a lot of the times we hear the word. We know, we hear it, we learn it, but we don't practice it. You know, I I'm hope, I'm, please don't think I'm preaching down to you. or trying, I'm just preaching from my heart because I live where it matters And I live in a place where if you don't trust God and God doesn't come through, you know, you're you're done. And I tell you, he always comes through. He always comes through. You know, we didn't know the gospel. But what happens, people like you, you prayed. You picked people. You put money. You sent them over. And we got saved. And you told us to trust in God. You told us to have faith. And we do. Don't take me, don't, don't get offended. But you know, sometimes it's sad for me. I come back to the place that taught us the gospel. And some of you don't do what you taught us to do. You're more worried about what you can do and how you are going to make it. And if you don't make it, you're all done. And God is saying, no, I'm still on the throne. I'm still your God. I still will do what's needed in your life. You know, it's high time we practice what we have learned. Matthew 5:19 says, whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. That's why the church is in adultery, in pornography. The church is in financial fraud, in bondage. Why? Because we are not practicing what we have heard. You know, a lot of people say, Oh, give me another word. Give me a word of prophecy. Give me a word of knowledge. Don't get me wrong. I love those. They're good things. They're encouraging. But why do we need another word when we are not practicing what we've heard? But we want a new sermon. We want a new thing. And we don't practice what we hear. You know, to know something deeply without applying it is like when you're hungry and starving and you run into a restaurant. And you're starving and you need something. You run into the restaurant and you take the menu and you start memorizing the menu. You know the starters, the mains, everything. You know the whole menu. But you're still starving. You know what's even worse? It's when your neighbor comes in desperation to you. When somebody you care about comes to you and all you can give them is the menu. You see, God chose you. Why are you saved when millions haven't heard the name of Jesus? Why? Is it because God favors you and he, he disfavors others? No. Because God saw you fit. God placed you in this nation. He placed you in these cities, in the in this church. Why? Because He wants you to accomplish what He has planned for you to do. You see, this life is not about, oh, having a bank balance and retirement and getting it all right. Everything will never go all right as long as you're here on earth. But when you start fulfilling God's plan, realizing that God saved you for such a time as this, then God begins to move. You see, we need to practice what we've heard. Sometimes we have 1,000 pounds of teaching and we don't have two ounces of practice. Let me close. Boy, when I said, let me close, three of you woke up. You don't know me. I close eight times. (laughs) Okay, in this scripture, in Luke 6, it says, you know, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Then verse 47 says, I'll show you what he is like. The, the, The story of the foolish man and the rich man. I'll show you what he is like. The guy who reaches deep down into the rock and builds on that foundation, when the storm comes, that house cannot be moved. But the foolish guy only puts sheetrock and something looks nice and paints it, but no foundation. When the storms hit, cancer hits, financial hits, COVID hits, he crashes. You know, what is being wise and foolish? The Bible says don't call anybody a fool. But I want to tell you, if the Bible is calling you or me a fool, we're not a fool, we're a... A jack fool, whatever word, a big fool. You know what I'm saying? The Bible says we can be foolish if we don't, do you know, in the world we think wisdom comes from knowing. So we, we learn more, we get so many PhDs, we have education. The biblical defini- definition is beyond that. The biblical definition is the man who hears and does something is the wise man. If you're not doing something about what you've heard, I I felt this when I was talking even to Pastor, and then when I was preparing even last night, I, I tell you, some of you, you're very foolish. There are some of you here, not all, some. God has called you to serve Him. Some of you, even before you came to this church, long before, God has called you. He has spoken the word, but you have heard it, but you're not practicing it. So you're running, you're trying to get something. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter what you do, you will never be satisfied. Because he's your creator. He knows the beginning, he knows the end. And here he's telling us that he wants us to listen to the word. And he wants us to do something. Have you ever wondered why did God didn't take us to heaven the moment we got saved? As you always wonder, if God took me the moment I got saved, I'll, I'll be pretty well. I, I, my chances of backsliding would be zero. I know you don't backslide, but I sometimes can get there. And, and you know, it would be zero, right? But you, because, you see, we think just going to heaven is the key. I want to tell you. You know, salvation, we say, oh, God keeps you here, pastor, because we need to mature. I want to tell you. You don't need maturity to go to heaven. All you need is about four pages of the Bible where salvation and God's grace and you go to heaven. Then why does he keep us? You know why he keeps us? Because maturity, getting mature, learning the word, getting better at what we do is for telling others about him. Is for ministry. It's not just to come to church and listen and say, that was a good sermon, that was bad, I didn't like that worship leader, I like this one. You know, and some of us think that's our life of church. What happens to people, i meet thousands of them, who don't have a church? No, you see, you are called by God to fulfill the plan God has for you. Because if you don't, nobody else will. Now let me really, really close. Is Jesus Christ really the Lord of your life? Is He really number one? Is He really worth living for and worth dying for? I'll tell you this story. There was a young man, and he was from another religion, and he was a priest in a temple. But he was seeking, and there was no truth. He couldn't find the truth. So in the temple he'd read and he'd he'd hope that there was something more than his religion. And one day a missionary had come and thrown light for the lost uh, literature to the gate of his um, temple. He began to read, he got excited and he realized there's something more. He came out, the missionary led him to the Lord, he took out his robes and then he decided he wanted to go to Bible school. So they helped him. He went to Bible school. He came out. He said, I want a pastor church, but not where every church is. I want to go to the deep south where there is not even one church. So he got married. He had a baby. And uh, he was serving in the deep south. He couldn't have church. He would have got killed. So he had one-on-one for three years, one-to-one. And he had probably one-to-one witnessed to about 300 people. Then he thought, okay, maybe now it's time to start church. So he started a service on Sunday. He had 12, 13, maybe about 15 people max with his wife and him. One day he heard that the the priest in the temple had a meeting calling everybody and said Christianity was a little plant. We could have plucked it with our fingers, but we didn't. Today it has grown to become a tree. So we have to axe that tree down. He took a bus about seven hours, came down from this deep south into the city. He came to the city and he came to our home. I was staying with my parents at that time. And he sat with my father who was the head of the Assemblies of God and myself and, and he, he and I were the same age. We are 26 years of age. And he said, Pastor, the priest had a meeting like this. My father said, you know what they're they're saying is they're going to kill you. He said, you know, go back, bring your wife and your nine-month-old baby and come and live with us. When things cool down, you can go back. He said, I can't do that. God called me there. I have to do what God has told me to do. I remember that night, He slept on my bed. I gave him my bed. The next day, he got up and he left. And he went back to the deep south. And about four or five days after he went back, eight o'clock in the night, he was playing with his little baby when he heard a knock on the door. He went to the door. There were two men. And they said, Pastor, we need to talk to you. He said, just a minute. He went to the back room, handed the baby to his wife came back and he opened the door. When he opened the door, one man took a homemade gun, put it in his mouth and pulled the trigger. Because it was a homemade gun, he didn't die, but his mouth exploded. He held his mouth together and he ran to the back room and the other man followed and stabbed him many times in the back in front of his wife and baby. That day, my friend gave his life for the gospel of Jesus Christ in the deep south where there was not even one church in the whole district. I remember when the funeral came, we all went and the leaders of the Assemblies of God stopped us halfway and said, no, we don't know what's going to happen. So you guys get into a hotel room and all the old pastors went and the young pastors were kept. Anyway, cutting a long story short, the wife said, I want to, I want to continue the ministry. Oh, our denomination said, you can't, you don't, you're not qualified, not studied. So I remember Archer said, okay, we'll take you under us. We told, we'll be responsible. Let her pastor. And we'll supervise her. I was supervising the South at that time. So about three years later, I went for a memorial service. When I went for the memorial, there were hundreds of people. And at the end of it, we had lunch. And when you were having lunch, she told me this story. She said, Pastor, the same people who killed my husband have sent me a letter now. And said, if you don't quit, we are going to do the same thing we did to your husband. She said, I didn't even have to think. I sent a message back. I sent a message back and said, it was, it was God's will for my husband to go, but it's God's will for me to stay. Even if you want to kill me, you cannot kill me till God tells me to come on home. She didn't say, no, Lord. She would only say, yes, Lord. Well, I want to tell you today, we don't have one church in the deep south. We have 10 or 15 churches in the deep south. We have hundreds and hundreds of believers in the deep south. We have kids right now in Bible school training to go and minister. You know why? Because one young widow was willing to say, Yes, Lord, rather than, No, Lord. It's not convenient, Lord. I can't sacrifice so much, Lord. I want to tell you, we don't know exactly the times we live in. I've come to tell you the reality check is time is very short. You see, there's a lot of sayings that we have made cliched. You know, only, only what you do for Christ will last. And that's not a cliche, it's the truth. God created you because he wanted you that way. You see, God's plan for the future is you. God's plan is you. God doesn't anoint buildings, pulpits, television screens, and and iPads and, and microphones. No, God only anoints men and women. You are God's man. You are God's woman. And God has a plan for you. Will you be willing to say, yes, Lord, here am I. You can count on me. You can depend on me. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes. Just give me a few more minutes. I'd like to pray with you. I would ask Pastor to actually come and pray, but I want you to prepare your heart. Would you say yes, Lord? Some of you are here saying, Oh, Pastor, great sermon, but I'm too old, I'm retired. This is for the young person. I want to tell you, you're not too old. If God thought you were too old, you wouldn't be here today. You'll be six feet under someplace. No, God has kept you for a purpose how young you are, how old you are, God has a plan and purpose for your life. God knows exactly what He's doing. Would you say, Lord, I'll never say no to you. You know, some of you, I want to remind you, God hasn't asked you to die for Him, at least yet here in America. God has asked you to live for Him, stand up for Him, commit, so that He, can use you? And again, I want to tell that that those persons—I believe it's more than one—who God has called you into ministry to surrender your life. Please, that another opportunity may not come your way. Today may be God's time for you. For all of you, I would ask this question: Will there any? Will there be anyone in heaven? Because of you. Not your church, not the systems, but because of you. Keep your heads bowed, eyes closed. If God is speaking to you today, can you just raise your hand and put it down? So I want to pray for you. If God is speaking to you about your life, your commitment, about doing something more, raise it right up. Come on, raise it right up. Thank you, thank you. Raise it right up. I would ask you to stand where you are. Because I really believe that God is going to do something great. I would ask pastor to come actually and take over. and, and, And we pray together as a church and say, Lord, here am I. Use me. Here am I. Do what it takes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.